Welcome to the Team Building Podcast, where you'll learn how to build a dominant real estate team in your market. Featuring masterminds with team leaders and mega agents, plus in-depth interviews with operations managers and marketing directors of some of the top teams in the country. You'll learn the latest methods to generate and convert leads, streamline your operations, recruit and train better agents, and raise your profit. And now, here's the latest Team Building Podcast. All right, everybody, welcome to the latest episode of the Team Building Podcast. My name is Matt Johnson. I've got our operations manager, Kevin McGowan, here and a special guest. And we're going to go super deep on uh, the habits and systems of great COOs. And we've got an amazing guest here that has a lot of content to, uh, to share and mastermind over. So we want you guys to be uh, essentially let you in on a very high level mastermind type conversation with two top operations managers of some of the top teams around the country. Uh, our guest also conducts classes for uh, EAs and what she calls stealth COOs. And we'll, you'll get to learn kind of what that term is, including whether you are one or if you'd like to be one. Uh, and if you're a mega agent listening to this, uh, how to find and retain the best ones that you can find. So first of all, let's welcome Kevin. Kevin. Hey, Matt. Yeah, yeah. I'm super excited to be here today. I think we're going to have a really great guest. Uh, thank you to Christy for being here in advance. Got a lot of great notes to compare. Yeah, we do. So Christy, uh, Christy Grossman, I just want you to kind of introduce yourself, let people know. I mean, obviously you're, you're very, very plugged into the KW world, uh, which we're also, you know, kind of by proxy, not necessarily being part of the KW family, but a lot of people in that world know who you are. But if people aren't with that brokerage, they may be unaware uh, that you're out there, you're teaching classes, you're speaking, you're traveling, uh, in addition to your actual duties of, uh, of running uh, your own team, and all that good stuff. So kind of give people an indication of, uh, of what your daily life is like, where you're based at and um, what your role is. Awesome. Thanks so much for having me. I'm really psyched. I love meeting other stealth COOs. They're mm -hmm. slowly popping up around the country. That's um, right. We're taking over. That's right. Watch <laughs> out. Um, so I'm in the Washington, D.C. area, about 15 miles west um, in Northern Virginia, and I'm with the Belt team. We're in the top 250 for KW. Um, and I'm the COO, the Chief Operating Officer, which I guess we're going to be talking about today. Um, my team did about 128 million over the past two years. Um, my rainmakers and Gary Keller's mastermind, and I run the operations side of the business. And then, um, in my spare time, I love to teach. And so I'm teaching a class called, uh, 10 secrets of a mega EA, which is basically the difference between an average assistant and a mega assistant. You know, we talk about mega agents and mega teams. Well, mega agents and mega teams need uh, mega support. So, um, that's really my passion. Very cool. So what's, and what was your background before that? Like, what did you come into this position with a background in where you, were you in, you know, high level management? Like what were you doing before you came to this? Actually, that's a great question. Um, I, I was sort of in expansion before expansion was part of the real estate business. I was in the mortgage business. So I ran seven offices on the operations side for Chase wow. Manhattan mortgage in Virginia, DC and Maryland. Gotcha. Okay. So yeah, you definitely were, you came into it kind of equipped with, knowledge from another industry that was then, you know, very well applied into real estate. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah. I thought, I thought I would actually know a lot about real estate coming from the mortgage business, but I realized there was a lot that I didn't know. So it was, it was a great, great fun transition. Yeah. Very cool. Well, well, let's start with, uh, with just the basics real quick. And, and, and this episode that we do once a month, we focus really deep on the operation side. And so primarily the audience for this particular episode will be the people that are in operations. So let's start with the definition of kind of what, what is a stealth COO? 
So I think over time, we've the COO term has sort of become more popular. Um, and it's evolved from assistant to COO, but they're really two totally different things. And what I've determined after traveling around the country and teaching is there's a really high level EA and then there's a COO and they're two totally different things. And in terms of disc behavior and behavioral profiles, we typically talk about a high level EA as being an SC or a CS, you know, the more stable, good with the client, mm-hmm. uh, detail oriented person. And what I know is as our teams are moving into expansion and, and we're just getting bigger, our teams are getting bigger, um, we need a higher level leader on the operations side. And that's what I kind of call the stealth COO. And so, for example, I'm a 99% D. Um, it's, it's just a totally different, more of a driver, more of um, a combination of an empire builder, maybe in an empire protector, as opposed to just an empire protector. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. And that, and I'm sure that definitely comes out in the D side of your personality in terms of the builder. I, I'm the yeah. same way. In fact, Matt and I were just having a conversation the other day about how my D has changed probably over the last six years since I've been in my current position and how that's only been increasing over the years, kind of being more in that COO position. So I definitely agree with you there. Yeah. It's kind of a more of an, um, I call it being an entrepreneur. You know, we don't take on the risk we don't own the company. Mm-hmm. Um, we sleep a little bit better at night, although I can't say I sleep great because <laughs> I'm always got ideas going on. Um, but it, but we treat it like it's our business. We own the business um, in our minds and in our actions. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Always thinking about the day to day in our minds and making sure everything's running smoothly. Yeah, exactly. Well, let's talk about that that a little bit, that risk component, because yeah. that, that is a, a really big key, because Christy, I mean, you're probably a little bit different than maybe a lot of executive, uh, whether you call them assistants or, or operations managers, COOs, whatever the case may be, anybody that's on the operations side um, would typically tend to have a little bit lower D than the person that they're working for or working with, the rainmaker. But um, so the question is, well, why, you know, do you, do you hire someone that is like a 99D, but then the risk is, okay, well, you know, if I teach them everything and they run my business, what happens when they leave and they, they start their own thing? But you were... Um, well, actually, I think the risk is less about them leaving. The risk is more, can you grow fast enough to keep them occupied? I think what happens is a lot (laughs) of mega agents want to hire a really, they like hiring people like them, which is not always the best thing for them. But if they're going to grow big and they're going to grow, you know, into 20 expansion teams, yeah, you need to hire somebody probably who's a high D. If you were going to be a single agent or maybe, you know, four agents or something, you definitely need the stable, steady, consistent person who's going to put your systems together and just keep everything going smoothly. Yeah. So not, not to go off on like a, a you know, an, an hour long tangent on compensation, but um, given that, I mean, do you feel like then compensation should be structured more in a, of an incentive base since, you know, D's typically like to continue to build and have something to work towards? Like, do you feel like if they were more of a salaried position that that would kind of level off and so would their work or, you know, what, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I think I'm seeing a variety of, of options around the company and, the most um, common model would be a salary plus either bonus based on productivity or my team bonuses based on profitability. To me, that's the ideal because you want to be as profitable as possible. Kind of like a profit sharing type of program. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Makes sense. Okay. Mm -hmm. 
But I think the salary is still important because even though we may be a high D, if we're in the operations role, we're a little bit, we, we still like that steady income as well. So it's like a combination. Yeah, because there's still going to be an SC in you somewhere in there that likes that consistency as well. So Yeah, either that or you're going to hire one. I hired one. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let's let's talk about the um, so the, the risk you mentioned is more. It's not so much the risk of of them leaving, but the, get back to the kind of the risk tolerance of the person, right? So if you're looking for if you're in the position of like a mega agent that's looking for that right person, and you find somebody you think is the the right person, and you're looking to grow, you've got a couple things to watch out for, which is their own risk tolerance. If they have a high risk tolerance, you you are kind of at risk for them leaving, especially if you can't grow fast enough, like you mentioned. But if they tend to have a lower risk tolerance, it's the, the flip side of that is they may not be driving enough for you to grow, but there's less chance of them leaving. So you have to kind of balance out. It sounds like when you do your, your assessments and stuff like that, and you're going through the interview process, you're looking for those indicators in the past of how much risk are they really willing to take in relation to you know what the opportunity is and trying to gauge out, okay, does this opportunity that I'm giving them match what they're really looking for and their to- their risk tolerance. Yeah, and I think where it starts back with oftentimes is the mega agent has to get really clear on what their vision is and where they're going. I think a lot of people hire and they don't hire with the end in mind. They hire with today, what I'm doing today and who do I need today yeah. versus where am I going? Am I going to stay where I am today? And that's fine. That's a, you know, we all make different choices for different reasons. Then this is who I need to hire. But if I'm going somewhere else tomorrow and five years from now, who I hire today, it matters. You, you need to know that. Mm -hmm. So in terms of risk averse and not risk averse, I think, you know, if you're a stable team that is not in growth mode, you definitely will have somebody who's very risk averse, who just wants to maintain and protect uh, the empire and keep the systems the same. If you're going somewhere big, you probably, you still don't want someone who's completely um, risk, uh, who loves risk. Mm-hmm. Um, because on the operation side, we are, we're here to build the core foundation. Um, but you probably have a little bit more of a hybrid personality. Yeah. So somebody who's going to take some risks, but they're going to be calculated risks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that's, that's a great, great explanation of that. Cause yeah, if you're, if you're in high growth mode and you're looking to build, you can't just have, who is it? Um, Oh, Chris Lockett, the guy that wrote play bigger, he would call them harvester. He, he, this is why he always criticized, um, uh, Steve Ballmer at Microsoft, for example. So you've got the guys that are the intellectual frontier builder, builder, builder guys. And then you put a CEO in there who's essentially a harvester and they just harvest all the growth from the past that somebody else was responsible for. And the whole company just kind of goes on a slow downward slide. And then all of a sudden everybody wakes up and realizes, Hey, we haven't done anything innovative in 15 years. Like we got, we got to get rid of this guy. and get right. everybody else. Uh, so essentially they made the board of, of Microsoft made a a terrible decision in the sense that they put someone that was an empire protector into a position that requires you to be an empire builder. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Great point. So let's get it, get into the habits a little bit with, with us. So what do you consider some of the essential habits of a good COO or a mega EA? I think mindset has to be the first one. How do you start your day? You know, what do you do? The, the job that we both have, um, is not an easy job. It's an awesomely fun job. Um, but you come 
and you have to solve problems constantly all day and you have to be thinking big all day. Um, so mindset and how you start your day is key for me. Um, I think an average assistant maybe rolls out of bed and takes care of their kids or, you know, gets their life together and, and shows up at the office and then plugs in. For me, my day starts like the second I wake up. That's a big, big thing for me. Yeah, that's, there was a great book that was recommended to me lately. I don't know if either of you guys have read it. Have you heard of um, Outwitting the Devil by Napoleon Hill? It was the book that was just recently released in the last couple of years that he wrote like right after Think and Grow Rich. No, I love the title. Yes, it's insane. It's insanely good. But he talks about, um, in this kind of mock, kind of conversation interview with the devil, the devil points out that um, the difference between most people is either you're a drifter or you're not. And the non-drifters are those who are intentional. They have a definite purpose, not just for their life, but they actually set a definite purpose for their week and their day. And that's something I've really been working on is what's what's the mission for the day? Not just what are my to-dos, not just what's my schedule, but what is the mission? What's the thing that I need to get done today? And it goes back to Gary Keller's one thing is a very similar concept, which is what's the one thing that I need to do today? day that I would, you know, that makes everything else easier or unnecessary. But most importantly, like you got to ask yourself, what's the one thing that if I didn't get it done today, that's what I would put point out and say, I failed today because I didn't get that one thing done. Yeah. That's like having a, a must do list instead of a to do list. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Because the to do, the to do list, I mean, especially for operations people, the, the insane, I mean, Kevin, the amount of detail that you guys deal with and the complexity on a daily basis is insane. It's, it's, yeah, it really is, which just, I, I, I've been kind of thinking of maybe a point of conversation, which is my, my current struggle. And I want to ask Christy, if you have ever experienced the same thing or if not, how you, how you get around this, but in my experience, I'm the, I'm a, my passion is the driver, the doer, the builder. Right. And so the first few years of starting our team, I was off and running and just super excited and totally jazzed about it. And then as things kind of got to, you know, we were very fortunate in where we got to, but that means that we kind of leveled off a little bit and then went into maintenance mode. Unfortunately, my position followed suit in that, in that, you know, like just for example, and just being completely transparent last year, we really weren't building very much. You know, we were just kind of, it's almost like we took a year off of the doing and the driving and we just went on maintenance mode for a little bit. And that ended up being a very, what I consider kind of a, a boring year for me, to be completely honest. Um, you know, it was maintenance mode. I just was doing to-do lists every day, all day long. Just, okay, this, this is something new. Like, you know, okay, um, onboarding another agent. Okay, just onboarded five agents, you know, in the last couple of, You know, it's just like a cycle of keep going over and over. How do you break that cycle and um, get yourself to be not, you know, if you're kind of falling into that position, how do you climb out of it, so to speak? Well, that's a really great question. And you totally just illustrated what I was talking about with the challenge that mega agents have when they want to hire this type of profile of a COO, mm -hmm. and then they aren't going where as fast as you want to go or where you want to go. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, what I'm here, I, I, I can totally relate to that. Um, what you're saying. And it's part of the reason why I'm teaching around the country and consulting, because I am, I think one of the characteristics of that stealth COO is they're, they're just yearning for personal growth all the time. The personal mm -hmm. growth drives the business and it drives them. And if you're not getting that personal growth, 
out of the business, you're going to look for it somewhere else. And I think that's where mega agents have to be really um, intentional about making sure that they're providing opportunity for all of their operations people who are kind of in this growth mode. I mean, what I'm hearing from you is you're ready to move faster maybe than the owner of your team is ready to move at the current time. Yeah. Well, I mean, like we went, we were going a million miles an hour the first few years, right. You know I mean? Just kind of have to, and you know, work. Chaos mode. Yeah, exactly. Um, and now the dust has settled and I think most people would be like, ah, oh, this is great. I'm just going to sit back, keep all these plates spinning, you know, and just keep business running like, like a well-oiled machine, like usual. And I'm just kind of in that position. Once again, I guess when you consider more of a DOO, um, and what that truly means. I want to, I, I kind of want to keep growing, um, but not just, you know, continually not, not growing the same things that I'm doing over and over. You know what I'm saying? One of the things I talk to the um, people that come to my class about that is the difference for me um, in terms of being an average assistant versus a mega assistant um, is that you are actually generating three times your salary in GCI to the team. Mm-hmm. So, um, I would, you know, that's one thing if you're not already doing that, you could be actually pretty fascinating. And I, and you do that through systems, like we're systems people on the operations right. side. So what kind of systems do you not have an effect that you could be putting in effect that would actually just blow up the income of your team? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's still, there's still, I guess what you're saying, Christy, is there's still problems to be solved and you have yeah. to, you know, they may not be as obvious as they were in chaos mode because everything was, you know, let's freaking figure out how to generate sales and let's figure out how to generate leads. Then you figure that out and it's like, all right, well, let's get agents in here. Like, okay, well now we got a bunch of agents. Now let's figure out how to train them. Like it just, everything is very obvious because you're in constant failure mode. (laughs) Like every, uh, everything, everything you do all of a sudden you, it breaks something like it breaks your system and you're like, Oh crap, now I got to fix that. So you, you put your hand over one leak and then another leak springs somewhere else. Um, I event- think you have to kind of transition from firefighter mode to prognosticator mode. So in, you're, you're like in this place where all you're doing is putting out fires because your, your team is just in chaos and like, your systems are just not capable of handling it as you're in that growth mode. And then you kind of get settled in. And I think the next thing that comes onto your plate is, okay, here, this is great where we are now, but what's coming next? Our industry is changing so fast. Like we just, um, our team just watched a great video of, um, Oh shoot. I can't think of the name of it. House Canary house canary, a new product that's coming out. Um, that's going to be able to predict values two to three years in the future house by house. It, it was fascinating. It's a, it, it's a big data, um, product. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I would say you have to transition to how can I position my team to, for continued success in the future with what's coming versus where we are now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, and that's what Kevin, you and I've talked about this just kind of in the context of elite real estate systems and, and what that is. Like, I would like to see us do more, a little bit more experimentation, not just with the, you know, with the home team and with this kind of pool of people that we have that are under the flat rate expansion program. Cause we have these, we have these teams around the country that we could be experimenting, you know, with lead gen, with systems, like there's things that we can do like outside the core business or around kind of around the edges of the core business. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think would probably keep, you know, like give you that outlet for the building mode. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think, you know, Chrissy, you're right. You kind of have to start, you have to look for the problem. Opportunity. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah. 
and, and the opportunities for improvement rather than just because uh, you, you get out of fire, you know, firefighting mode. But, uh, but Chris, you briefly mentioned just the class that you teach. I want you to tell people kind of where they can go to learn, learn more and connect with you. And then we'll finish out with a couple more questions. Awesome. So they can go to my website, which is 10 secrets of I'm teaching all over the States, um, plus Toronto and Vancouver. Um, I only teach 10 times a year and the tickets usually sell out pretty fast because of that, because I actually have this real job of running my team <laughs> so they can get all the info there. Okay. Well, let me ask you this. So we, we talked about habits. We talked about, you know, your, your mindset, your, your morning rituals and just having those rituals and kind of getting into, you know, that, that mindset of having an intention and having a one thing for that day. But let's talk about systems a little bit. What are some of the more recent systems that you've worked on installing into your own team and, and kind of give us an insight into um, that process of how you build and install a new system on a real deal team? You know, we've actually ha haven't installed a lot of new systems lately. Um, the systems that we've had are just so fine tuned that we kind of run really smoothly. Um, the most recent system, and you're going to laugh when I say this, um, that we've installed is actually adding a dialer. Um, my agents oh, are really wow. seized. I know. Can you believe that? Yeah, now we're talking about a, like an integrated, but dialer. Like a triple dialer. Yeah. yeah. Mojo. Yeah. Mojo into Boomtown, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, you know, I've got very seasoned agents. Um, so the challenge is not actually getting the system up and going. It's getting the people to use the systems, yeah. teaching old dogs, new tricks. Oh, is um, it, is it, are they getting, are you getting pushback in terms of, you know, they, they feel like they don't need to use a dialer cause they've got, you know, a, a good sphere base going already and a bunch of referrals and things like that. Or, I mean, and, and what mindset are they having to use that dialer? Is it for new prospecting or is it for just keeping up with current leads? Or how, how is it that you guys plan on using we're it? We're actually using it for both. So we're hooking it up with Boomtown. So we're, we've got literally, you know, our problem is not leads. We have so many leads. We just don't, we don't have enough people following up. That's, mm -hmm. it's always one or the other, right? Either oh, you yeah. don't have leads or you don't have people following up. Um, so I think it's just a mindset of uh, overcoming the mindset of short-term and long-term gain. And agents always looking for the immediate gain and doing mojo dialing is not always the immediate gain. So we're in that er the early stages of um, investing the time and praying for the reward. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. yeah, yeah um, ask, what's, what's the foundation of your guys' business? I mean, you, you said you've got seasoned agents. Um, is it their sphere? Is it, uh, is it buyer lead generation? Is it seller lead generation? You know, it's different for each agent. Um, I have one agent that does $20 million a year, year after year. He's been with us for eight years. And um, he's like my steady Eddie. And he does open houses every weekend. I mean, it's not, it's not sexy, it, but it, it, it works. You know, he's just got it down. Um, we had a client event last week, and I can't tell you how many clients came up to me. And they're just like, I met Kevin at an open house, and he was the only agent that actually listened to me and really wanted to know what we were looking for. So it's simple, you know, it's not rocket science. Um, they're all different. Um, we've been in the business. This is our 50th year in the business. My team, I know I, I wow. we're not on, we're not on video, but I just saw some eyebrows go up. <laughs> <laughs> you can so, hear them go up through the microphone. Yeah. <laughs> now, yeah. I was going to say, how did, how did that come about Bef briefly before we wrap things up? What, what do you mean? Yeah. Like this is the 50th year. So my mom was a single agent, um, back in the day of, you know, super top producer, um, single agent before teams. And my brother and I joined her, uh, about 21 years ago. 
and kind of like when I joined the team, it was like, well, we'll try this for a year and see how it works. And if it doesn't work, you can bail out no hard feelings. Well, that was 21 years ago. So it worked. And then about um, 10, 10 or 15 years ago, my brother bought the business from her and he's oh. the, now the CEO of the company. Yeah. Gotcha. Very cool. Very, very cool. All right. So, uh, so what's the next frontier for you? You're, you're out there teaching and speaking and running the team. I mean, you're a 99 D what's, uh, what's, what's the next big project on the horizon for you? Um, I'm actually starting to take on some consulting clients. I'm doing some one-on-one -on -one consulting with, um, EAs, um, that kind of came out of my classes with some people approaching me, uh, begging me to do it. And I hadn't, you know, I held off for a long time because I don't like to do anything unless I can do a great job at it. And I want to make sure I was adding value. So we trialed that out and that's going really well. Um, after that, I think I'll be doing some consulting with mega teams uh, where they'll fly me in. I'm going to do a two day consult. First day I'll meet with the mega agent and um, the mega EA. And maybe if they have, you know, lead listing specialists, lead buyer specialists, whoever the leaders are in the company, um, and then do an assessment, assess their um, accountability, their communication, their time management, their systems, all the operation stuff, not the sales stuff. Right. And then come back the next day and present to them um, what my findings are and what my recommendations are. So awesome. I think um, yeah, after doing great. this for so long, it, that sounds fun to me. Has to be fun for me to do it. No, there yeah. you go. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> well, Christy, we we really appreciate it. We're just remind people um, where you're at physically, so that they can send referrals your way if they have anything in your area. Awesome. We're in Northern Virginia, right outside of DC. If you just remember Washington DC, we can refer you if it's in DC or Maryland. And our website is thebeltteam.com. T h e b e l t t e a m dot com. Cool. And then uh, the website again for the Mega EA class. It's 10secretsofomegaea.com. Perfect. Perfect. Uh, and then for us, just a quick word. So you can get, uh, get a hold of us at EliteRealEstateSystems.com. Um, we've got information on expansion there as well as uh, our team building workshops. We've got a couple of those upcoming. We're running some special ones this summer. Uh, so I apologize if you're listening to this after the summer of 2017, just be sure to check the website because we are running uh, future you know, web uh, workshops about once a month. Uh, sometimes we'll do them in conjunction with special events like the World Series or the Berkshire Hathaway uh, Shareholders event. But in case you missed those, uh, continue to check back with us because we're uh, conducting those all the time. That Those are hosted at our home office in uh, Omaha. And speaking of like EAs and, and admin and operations staff, uh, we do have an additional add-on. So if you want to bring an operations person with you into the workshop, we have a separate track for them uh, to connect with you, Kevin, and the admin staff there and really get an insight into how you guys run the flagship office uh, there in Omaha. Yeah, exactly. While if, if you have a team leader there, team leader spends time with our team leader, um, but between myself and Andy Cunio, success manager, depending on what your role is, we pretty much have all the bases covered from systems to accountability, profitability, so on and so forth. And you get to spend all day with us and just kind of sit down and see the inner workings of our operation. So yeah, that's right. Well, cool. Christy, just want to thank you again. Uh, we'll kind of put a nice little bow on this particular episode. Thank you everybody for listening and or, or watching, depending on whether you're we're seeing this on iTunes or Stitcher uh, or YouTube. Either way, you can subscribe and get the, uh, the video or audio versions of our show. And until next time, thanks so much. Thanks for having me, Matt. Yeah.